sure your sweeps, make sure you take um, two or three. Yeah, not just one. Hello, Graham. It's um, unusual to see you here. When usually, you um, plan your diary accordingly to miss my talk. All oh, right, 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 right. Anyway, um, can we have a show of hands who's had time for breakfast? Breakfast. Did we have breakfast this morning? We did. Anybody didn't have time for breakfast? No? That's good. I was going to suggest you help yourself with double the amount of sweets. But <laughs> anyway, um, it is said that breakfast um, is the most important meal um, of the day. Um, as in the saying, eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. And in John 21.12, we read Jesus calling his disciples to breakfast, with Jesus saying, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? As they knew it was the Lord. And I find that an interesting thing, that line, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. But I wonder, and I include myself when I say this, um, I wonder how many of us know Jesus that well, his likes, his dislikes, what pleases him, what displeases him, what his thoughts are on a given matter. Or we know him that well that we can say what Jesus would do in each circumstance we find ourselves in. So there is one way, however, that we can all get to know Jesus better and that is to be like his disciples and that is to have breakfast with him. By which I mean that each time we sit down to have breakfast we read or listen to his word and as David uh, Adams said the last time he visited um, he said if you want to get to know Jesus better then revisit the Gospels. So I don't know how many of us think to say grace at breakfast, but it's good to say grace before we consume our breakfast, spending time with Jesus before the start of our busy day. And I don't suppose there are many of us, as the saying goes, eat breakfast like a king, treating breakfast as our main meal. However, as followers of Jesus, we can eat breakfast with a king, the king of kings and the lord of lords, which will set us up for the whole day. And um, just before we get on to the main part of what uh, God's given me to share, which is Christ-likeness, growing in the character of Jesus, I'd like to share a testimony about my grace uh, at breakfast. I, I do have quite a nice breakfast. Probably, I'm not saying more than what Graham would eat, probably not. But, <laughs> but my breakfast usually consists of some tinned fruit, grapefruit, etc., followed by some cereals. And I always say grace 
Um, but one day, uh, well, the, the grace I do is not less the food for my body. The grace I say is a personal grace where I ask God to multiply it and feed those around the world who he wishes to feed and nourish with this food, this breakfast, and feed and nourish him with their word, that much fruit would come from it. But one day, Alan, several months ago now, Alan said to me, he always has porridge. And I thought, oh, porridge. I've still got some porridge in the cupboard, so I'll have some porridge. And I started to eat my porridge. I didn't put it in my mouth. I started to, and I heard a noise, a sound saying, I do porridge. And I honestly thought, wow, where on earth did that come from? Because it was an audible voice. And it stunned me. And, I, and then I went on to lift my spoon up again. I do porridge. And it suddenly dawned on me that I'd forgotten to do my normal grace. And I know God likes that prayer, that grace, because I get that little shiver uh, when I pray that prayer, that grace. And, um, and blow me down, he was reminding me that I hadn't had that grace. I'd somehow undermined porridge, probably. I don't know, but for whatever reason, I'd forgotten uh, probably because it wasn't my normal thing, my normal breakfast, I'd forgotten to say grace. And and I thought, what a strange thing. How can God say, I do porridge? And I thought, well, really and truthfully, um, God has to speak in so many different languages. For a start, he has to speak all the voices in whatever, you know, languages around the world, some we don't even know, or yet being discovered. But he also speaks in language how he touches people like we heard months ago about um, the Holy Spirit speaking in the song of Cockney from Michael and um, so I thought God foolishly spoke Queen's English uh, but he obviously doesn't and he said I do porridge so as I say don't be shy when you speak to God at all because he speaks your language you don't have to be posh don't have to be Queen's English you just have to be you so as I say, take that on board and uh, speak to God more and more than we do. And, and he loves it. He's up there sometimes thinking, oh, I wish John or Jane would speak to me today. It's been a long time since I've heard from them. So as I say, speak to God and um, he will speak to you. And the closer you get to God, the closer he will get to you. Oh, and don't forget to eat breakfast. We're the king. Anyway. Uh, now on to Christ-likeness, growing in the character of Jesus. In 1 John 2, 5, 6, we read, If anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we knew, we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And when I recently read this, I thought, must live as, live as Jesus did. It says must live as Jesus did. And it challenged me, I must be honest, it challenged me to start thinking, oh, I hope I live, you know, pleasingly to the Lord. And um, so I felt I'd share some characters, uh, characteristics, whichever, um, of Jesus today, um, as I expect we would all benefit um, from having more of the character 
obviously as a human, can I speak for myself when I say that? Um, uh, it's just a fact that we would. Um, so, uh, the first character uh, that we're going to look at, or characteristic, is peace. And I found this interesting. And um, peace, what a lovely word peace is. Um, but what does the word peace bring to mind? Laying on a sunny beach, away from it all perhaps. Um, you know, away from all troubles and strife and all that. But that's a worldly view. Oh, I'll sound good naughty then, didn't I? <laughs> that's, a, that's a worldly view. And um, so, but Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 27, peace, now this is interesting, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So what did Jesus mean when he said, my peace I give you? And the word my is evidence of the rule of Jesus whose character as the Prince of Peace is available to each one of us when we learn to let Jesus rule in our souls, in our hearts, and in our minds, which after all is why we know Jesus as Lord. And as we know Jesus as Lord, we should let him rule over all of our lives, in fact, rule every part of our lives. And a challenge for, for some of us I know, and certainly a challenge there for me, and, and just as the saving power of Jesus' death and resurrection made it possible for us to have peace with God, being reconciled to God, the indwelling of Jesus' character through the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is intended to help us learn to live in the peace of God. And if we learn to surrender to God's will, which we learn through his word and live it out, we'll bring inner rest to our being. And as we learn to allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts, we will find it easier to make those decisions that would normally trouble us. We will lose those doubts that normally disturb us. And we will defeat the enemy's lies that would normally defeat or deter us. So the per this perfect peace then, this my peace, is available when our heart and mind are kept focused on God's promises his power and his presence and as we learn to be more Christ-like adopting the character of Jesus so next we're going to look at compassion and that's the word that was given to us last week if you recall those that you were here and um, only God can know the full depth of an individual's pain need or suffering and Christ-likeness calls each one of us to learn Jesus' heart of compassion a depth of sensitivity that can only be worked in us through the Holy Spirit. Reconditioning our hearts to be able to sense the pain of human suffering and to weep with those who weep. Jesus shed tears, as we know, for the tomb of Lazarus and for the city of Jerusalem. His compassion brought tears to the hardness of all the hearts that were blinded by sin and for the tragedy of all humanity's vulnerability to death. The character of compassion also helps us to see beyond the immediate and to the lost, and it moves us more and more into the dimension of witnessing to the lost, as we discover the compassion of Christ flowing through us to care for and to serve others. So compassion 
is a great character of Jesus that we should all pray for an increase in. And um, next we're going to look at servanthood. Jesus himself said, I came not to be served, but to serve. And we see an example of this as Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Then we hear Jesus say to his disciples, that's each one of us, you and me, that we are called to do the same. And I think that the Beacon family is very good at serving one another and being on the um, leadership team has opened my eyes up to how involved it is and, and the amount of people that it takes to uh, just so we can all meet here. Um, so a, a, a well done and a thank you uh, really and truly for whatever any one of us do in any capacity you know it's great uh, and we, we know Michael's just shared about the love of how the love of God fills this place and that's each one of you so well done you make it all possible the character of a faithful servant reveals devotion to the interests of others to the happiness and well-being of someone else besides oneself servanthood is motivated from within our hearts by the love of God and not by pressure of guilt it is Christ likeness in character always in the spirit of him who chose to take the form of a servant our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ so this character of servanthood is a life of selfless service which is the opposite to self-service or a self-life the, the next character of Jesus is sacrifice and that sort of follows on nicely from servanthood and, and growing in the likeness of Christ requires that we each be willing to lay down our lives and to take up our cross daily and that's uh, you know that you have to ponder on that what does that mean and the character of sacrifice will regularly confront us and challenge us our own wills our own ways our wants on a daily basis. Jesus laid down his life for us and he invites each one of us to lay down our lives for his. This is not an equal exchange however uh, because obviously Jesus died to do for us what we could never do for ourselves and that is to save us and give us eternal life. But when by the way we live we do make sacrifices for Jesus this opens the way for his life reveal even more of the glory of his his ways and his will and at the same time we will discover new dimensions of his love and liberty that brings freedom from our self life so the character of Jesus uh, sorry the character of sacrifice the taking up of his cross daily is expressing a willingness to put to death our own plans our own desires and turn our lives over to Jesus, doing his will, which requires self-denial and obedience. Uh, which leads us nicely on to the character of living a life of worship. Christ-likeness is a life of worship. Jesus lived out the practice of faithfully worshipping and as he walked with his Father constantly in a perfect relationship. And we can match that character of living a life of worship by practicing constantly 
living in the presence of the Holy Spirit. A life of worship brings all before God in the presence of the Holy Spirit and seeks to hide nothing. And if we wrestle with any weaknesses in our lives, pursuing a life of worship will draw us near to God and become more and more like Jesus into a perfect relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we shall grow even more hungry for his word and grow into an ever deeper relationship with him, he who first loved us, which moves us nicely on again onto the next character, the character of joy, the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy, and Jesus points the way to that joy, which is a divine quality of character that is possessed and given only by God. It is rooted in a relationship with the Holy Spirit and not on earthly or material things. This Christ-like joy is seen in Hebrews 12.2. For the joy that was set before him, he enjoyed the cross. This joy which Jesus possessed was the joy of seeing each one of us, that's you and me, accepting him, accepting Jesus as our Lord and Saviour and coming into a personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we too can express this Christ-like joy, this joy in death on a cross, by having the confidence that the price of dying to our own will, surrendering to God's will, will bring inner joy to our being. Then, and only then, will we be able to fully understand verses like James 1-2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And to close, we are going to look at the character of humility. Jesus' complete absence of any kind, uh, any need for attention, displays Christ-like humility. The King of kings and Lord of lords displayed a servant-like graciousness. And just as the humility of Jesus received ultimate exaltation, our call in James 4.10 to humble ourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up, points to the way to the rise of God's highest purpose in each one of us. And humbling ourselves opens each one of us up to increased grace and growing in Christ-likeness is the doorway to us understanding what we read in Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. It is then, when we, re when we each become more Christ-like, that we will at Beacon see and experience the fullness of the dynamics of the kingdom, which leads us into a spirit-filled life. And um, to bring this to an end, I've just written some notes for myself and um, moving on to nine te uh, Proverbs 9.10 and we all know this um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding now that's worthy of reading again in my view um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding now, 
as you're used to putting your hands up. Can you put your hands up again if you own an umbrella? Yeah? Is that everyone? Nearly everyone. Can anybody share with me, be brave enough to share with me what um, an umbrella's for? Shelter? Anything else? Another word? What's it do? Who said that? Protect us from rain. And protect, ah, key word again, protect, isn't it? Well done. So what do you do? How, how does an umbrella, more sounds a stupid question, but how does an umbrella work then? What do you do to get that protection? But what do you actually do after you, where are you, what are you doing? Are you standing under it? So, do you want to say that, someone? Well done. Now, to stand under something, you have to understand it. If you reverse stand under, you get understand. And if you wish to understand God's word and want his protection, then you have to stand under God's word, just like your umbrella. And I thought I'd share that picture because... I like pictures. I remember things by pictures. When Graham speaks from the front, if he doesn't show me a picture, or demonstrate a picture, it goes in there and comes out there. So, <laughs> only plain, only plain, only plain. Wipe that from the recording. No, seriously, if you want, to, if you want God's protection, you have to stand, understand. And you only can understand that by, um, you know, reading the Bible and understanding what it is. And if you don't understand something, ask God, you know, or, or any one of us here and ask, what, what do you make of this? So I can understand it. And um, and it says in there, 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, wisdom, in other words, the word of God, will prevent troubles and hurts in our lives. Um, it, it it somehow, um, can you remember when you, you know, were little, um, I for one was always getting told off because I didn't do as my mum and dad used to tell me. Uh, I know you don't believe that, you find that hard to believe, but I always used to, I always used to get myself in a, in a pickle. And why? Because I didn't take on board what my mum and dad used to say. But, I know, I know, I know. But, I do, believe you me, I've learnt my lesson and I do do as God says because he's my father now and uh, when he says something in his word then I do, I do my absolute level best to, to obey him really because that's what it's about down to isn't it, obeying him anyway, nearly done um, just uh, take this on board if you, if you wish to please spend time this week reflecting on Jesus' character and have a conversation with, his, with God about his character and what he's doing in your life. And um, let God know that you want to deepen your relationship with him and by doing so you want to adopt more of the character of Jesus Christ. So uh, thank you very much for your time and uh, God bless each one of us and have a blessed week. Well done. You're all smiling anyway, so that wasn't too challenging, was it? Bless you.